Here are 10 facts about hashtag traveling while black. One, you will attract endless curious days. Two, you will be called Rihanna, Beyonce, and Michelle Obama. Three, people will come up to you or sell your permission. Four, photographers will take your photo without your permission. I confronted this man one time and he said, I rarely see people like you around here. So I pulled out my camera and I took his photo too. People will touch your hair without your permission. Seven, men will shamelessly stare at you because they'll assume you're a prostitute. One time in Greece, after my first week, I had to pray to God to make it stop because I really just wanted to enjoy my time. Eight, random men will follow you. I remember my experience at a Japanese garden in Singapore. Men would just follow me around. Nine, people will use the N-word and think it's okay because they've seen it or heard it on TV. Ten, you will probably stop traffic because of your hair. Before you leave the house, you might question yourself 99 times how to wear your hair today. Usually if I'm solo, I wear my hair down because it attracts less attention. And if I'm with people, I wear my hair up because although it attracts a lot of attention, at least I feel safer with other people. Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and I am here with Mary Caliste. Mary's love for travel started at the age of 16 when she left the Spice Island of Granada for an extended visit to the UK. Mary has traveled to several countries since and has been sharing her travel and faith journey by way of storytelling with hopes to inspire, empower, and equip others for moments in their own journey. Mary's life is filled with more little moments than big, more abundant with quiet moments than loud, and colored by more lessons than losses. Having to navigate and survive challenges at a young age, Mary is choosing daily to live a life of meaning and inspiration. Travel inspired Mary to share stories with the world. She recently founded the Moments Unplugged Collective to provide a safe space for a global community of women who are interested in travel, not just external travel, but a deeper travel within themselves to find real connection and emotional healing. Thank you so much for being here, Mary. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. Yes, of course. So please talk about that excerpt you wrote on your Instagram. I found that and I just started laughing <laughs> because I just, I've had similar experiences. I feel like mm -hmm. you have even more experiences as a black mm -hmm. woman who travels the world. Yeah. Please share. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's easy to just, you know, talk about, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of the time, when you're traveling and you are the, you know, you are the foreigner really um, in someone else's country and people are not used to seeing someone who looks like you, it raises eyebrows, right? It raises curiosity. That's why before I even started listing 10 facts about things that I've experienced traveling while, while Black, I had to say that it's a good cultural exchange because it's an opportunity for me to learn about someone else 
and it's an opportunity for someone else to learn about me, you know? And so that actually shapes, because I can read all of these 10 things and really take it in a negative way. And a lot of it is negative, right? You know, like men looking at me as a prostitute, like, who wants that? No one wants that. Right. Right. But then, you know, people come up to you and they send their children to you to take photos and you're like, oh, I guess I'm a celebrity today. Maybe I'll just be Beyonce today. I'll just pose as Beyonce. And that's like the fun part about it. You know, you just get to, you know, laugh about that because it really is a reflection of what people are seeing. And I think when I shared that, I, sh- I was in India. Um, I shared it with a photo from my recent trip in India. And it was two older women in their sari, very traditional sari, and they were touching my hair. Now, our skin color <laughs> is not far from each other. Right? Oh, Exactly. But I don't look like them. My hair looks a little bit different. You know, I speak a little bit different. I don't speak the language. And so that raises curiosity. And so for a lot of people, they might, you know, get offended by that. And for me, it's like, no, I have something new to offer. They have something new to offer. And for me, it's a cultural exchange. Because the truth is, they might see people who look like me on TV. And right, but they're not gonna see like I'm the only contact they might have with that outside world that they never get to meet otherwise. So yeah. <laughs> so so funny because I've had similar experiences. I've gone to places and all of a sudden people will take pictures with me. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Seriously? <laughs> I think it's funny. And yeah, you're right. I never actually looked at it that way where you are actually influencing these people. You're perhaps changing their mind or absolutely you know, making their day. Absolutely. No, I was going to say like what we see on media, it's often one-sided, you know? And so for me, my presence gets to show them like, hey, like black people are like versatile, black people are dynamic, you know, black people are not a monolith. And so I always capitalize on that opportunity to show them like something different, you know? I love that. What has been your, in those travels and in those moments, do you have a particular moment that you remember kind of you know, really influencing somebody's mind? Yeah, it'll probably have to be, I've had some really, so in Singapore, um, I, you know, was in a cab and this man was just like talking to me and he kept using the N-word, which I think is one of the- Really? Yeah, yeah. He was using it very like nonchalantly, like it was okay, you know, like, and I said, I was like, hey, do you know, like, it's not okay to say it? And he goes, really? He was really shocked that it was not okay to use the N-word. And I was like, yeah, it's not okay. He goes, yeah, but I see it on TV. And I was like, well, let me tell you the history. And so for him, he had no idea. Again, because these are not people who grew up in the United States, right? Where they understand the history and they know the background, they know the origin of where that, you know, the root of that word. And so for me, it was an opportunity to make it into a teaching moment. And so... I don't always, the burden is always not on me to make it into a teaching moment, right? But here you have a man who's so far removed from American culture or from Black culture. And it was just a quick exchange. It wasn't me like spending a lot of emotional, you know, you know, time like teaching into this man, but it was just like a quick hot second of just like, hey, it's not okay to use that. And his mind was just like, what do you mean it's not okay? You know, so that was actually no very idea. interesting. He had no clue whatsoever. Oh <laughs> so funny but you know what we go to cultures too and we may say stuff that 
is probably inappropriate too. And we don't quite understand. It's just that America is the, you know, that country that everybody looks at. Looks to, yeah, exactly. For us, it's like ridiculous because we are American, but we could also go into a country and do something, you know, inappropriate. Like in Nepal, you can't, I think there's something I read where you like, you can't step over somebody's legs because it's something like, it was something to do where I, before I went, I learned that you can't do certain things, like Mm -hmm. very small things like that, that to us would be nothing, but that to them is like a massive insult. Totally. And in Sri Lanka recently, I I went in, you know, February of this year, 2020. And um, after I ate, the food was so good. I licked my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, what? He's like, oh, no, no. You lick your fingers for me. Like licking my fingers means, oh, it's so tasty. and yummy. So good, right? And he's like, no. No, that actually symbolizes you don't you did not enjoy the food. And I was like, no, I love it so much. I want to get every bit of it. No, it means wow. you didn't enjoy the food. So so stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. It was something new for me, you know, but it's disrespectful to them. How many countries have you actually been to? I know you've been to quite a few. That's a good question. 2020 killed a dream. No, <laughs> but, tell um, me about it. Um, I think I've been to, I want to say 28. I have not counted in a while, but I know like this year would have been like where I would like go past 30, you know? Right. So, so I want to say 28 countries in total. That's amazing. That's a lot, mm-hmm. that's a lot of countries. Um, and how do you make it happen? How do you travel? Like, how do you go and do these things? How do you make it happen? Yes. Money is a key. Um, <laughs> seriously. So I actually work um, full time which, you know, a lot of people are probably not aware of because, you know, social media is just a highlight reel and it could be misleading. But I do work a full-time job. I work in the financial services industry um, and I report to a desk job every day. Well, now it's work from home and that's really convenient. But yes, I do hold a full-time job. And so that fund my travel. I love my job as well. And I think one thing you know, I'd like to encourage people as well. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. You can absolutely do both, right? And so for me, going into that job, you know, five years, over five years ago, it was like, hey, like, this is who I am. And there's this huge part of my life that I like prioritize. And so if you want me to be exceptional in my role, you have to accommodate that I need to take every single vacation day because I'm going to show up every day, whatever time, nine to five, whatever that is. Um, and I'm going to give you my best, but I actually need you to honor my time, honor my vacation. And so I take every single vacation day. There's no rollover um, because I show up and I give my best and they honor that. And it's something that I had to set out at the at, on the onset of my interview. And so when it comes to taking my time off, I really don't have to ask, you know, as long as I can find coverage, I just put it on my, my colleagues and my manager, I just put it on their calendar. And I just, you know what I also do? do? I put where I'm going. So Mary's out of office. She's going to India. (laughs) Mary's not going to be on the phone. (laughs) Mary is unavailable. She's completely unavailable. She's totally out of reach. She's somewhere in India. So So yes, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, it's the culture, right? So it's like the culture that I've built around like who I am and what I represent in this space, this corporate space. And I feel like when people think about, you know, navigating a job and traveling, they have to choose one or the other. But I think it's like, 
well, who are you? You're a whole person, you know, you are not your job. And there's like a whole other side of you that people probably don't know that they'd love to know. And so the cool thing about, because people know that this is a huge part of my life traveling, I come back from my trip and everyone's so excited to hear and to see and to, they want pictures. And so, you know what I do? I create a deck, kind of like a, I put like a collage together. And I was like, I have a list. And I was like, here are people, here are some photos from my awesome trip to India. I bet you're all jealous now. <laughs> That's great. You should start doing PowerPoint presentations. Like you'll go and be like, this is this place. Like, <laughs> exactly. Seriously. It's, it's quite awesome. It's quite awesome. So yeah, my, my nine to five, my full-time job actually fund my travels. And so that, that's been fun. I love the advice that you just gave, which is if you are going to go and, you know, have a job, which you need a job to fund mm -hmm. your travels, you know, many of us have to do that. The, you go in there and you tell them in advance who you are Absolutely. and and just give them that expectation, you know? Yeah. And, and I think uh, now, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, I think now with like COVID, it's even more, I guess people have the time to really figure out what's important to them. So even now, like there is, you know, the opportunity, if that's, if you haven't incorporated that in your life pre-COVID, now more than ever, because we've had time to refocus on what's important to us. I don't think like your manager is going to say absolutely not, you know, <laughs> because COVID has given every single one of us a wake up call um, to prioritize self-care, right? Right. Yeah, I definitely think that. And also, I think companies are now looking at the possibility. Yes, you can work remotely because we have to right now. And guess what? Absolutely. It is a possible thing. People can be productive at home. And I think that companies are now maybe rethinking. Maybe we don't have to spend this much on real estate. You know, maybe we can get smaller offices. Maybe people can work remotely because they are doing it for a whole, like almost a, well, a, almost a whole year, you know? Absolutely. So Possibilities are endless. Yeah. Possibilities are endless. So I think that's, that's such a, it's like a change in our world culture. Can you tell me why you're passionate about travel? What does travel mean to you? Mm -hmm. Totally. So whew, what does travel mean to me? I feel like it serves me in a way. So I tell you, I told you, I mentioned earlier um, that, you know, I work a full-time job and um, I, I really enjoy it. And I think travel actually is a way of me like rewarding myself or just giving back to myself because I know it's the thing that like brings me joy you know I come back sometimes I say I come back from my vacation and I need a vacation but the overflow but I'm able to give of myself from the overflow because meeting new people you know connecting with a, a new culture really like fuels me you know, and so it does something for me on a deeper level. One, <clears throat> it helped me realize that we're all more similar than we are different. You know, it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter, you know, like <laughs> where, where, yeah, it doesn't matter what our cultural background is. Like at the core of it, we're all just looking for connection. And so travel gives me that. It gives me the ability, one, to connect with myself in such a unique way, because when I'm by myself in a foreign country, a lot of things will come up for you, right? And so it also gives me the opportunity to connect with others on a human level. I have so many stories about just like connecting with people, especially my, my tour guides, you know? They're not just my tour guides. They're people that I, we've crossed paths and I always try to 
learn something about their lives. It's not, you're just not my tour guide. Like, who are you outside of that? So do you have a family? And what does that look like? I'm always, I'm the girl who like travels and asks like a hundred million questions to people that, you know, that I'm, I don't know, my tour guides or whatever they might be, you know? Um, and so it's so interesting. So my trip earlier this year um, to Sri Lanka, uh, my tour guide sent me this really awesome message. When we had met up, he said to me, he goes, you know, today is, it's, it's tough because you're my only client and it actually, I actually lose money because it's supposed to be a group trip, but I'm the only one who booked it. Right. And so he said to me, um, yeah, it's really hard because you're the only client and I have to spend like all these hours. So I, I'm actually losing. And you know, what's crazy after connecting with him all day, he sent me a note and he said, um, he said something to the effect of, wow, today was more fun fulfilling than I had ever imagined. And it doesn't matter if it wasn't a group. I just felt like, like it was just an amazing day, something that I haven't had in such a long time. And that Aww. really, for me, like that was awesome because it's, and truly like the heart of why I tra travel, that I satisfaction that I get to the people that don't look like me, that don't speak like me, that believe different things as me. When I went to Nepal, that was like my most epic trip <laughs> like that I went to um, that was so far removed from American culture, you know, that it, it had done, it, it made me really like think about things, you know, I was like climbing mm -hmm. underneath Mount Everest, but my, I had interviewed my guide. I was doing like a mini documentary on my, my guide, my tour guide. Mm -hmm. And also my, the person that carries my stuff, usually it's a Sherpa. But he, yeah, it's a long story with like the whole Sherpa thing. But basically yeah. my Sherpa who is holding all of my gear and I talked to him and I just found out so much information. It was just so lovely. You know, I, I don't think anyone ever asks them how they got there. And no. Raj was his name. He was like, uh, he said, wow, I'm just so grateful. No one's ever sat down with me and actually asked me. He's 60 years old. He's been a Sherpa since he was a kid. And wow. no one's ever actually asked him like, how did you get here? What's your life? What does it look like? So it's, it's and, cool to connect with people that way. Absolutely. And I think it's so mind blowing, right? Because it's like, for me, it's like my encouragement in me sharing with people about my travel, it's really that the storytelling aspect is, hey, like there are parts of my life that someone else on the other side of the world could actually relate to, even though we're in different places, experiencing different things at the core of it, we really just crave connection. And if, when we travel, if we're open to that, we will find it. Yeah, definitely. If you just start asking, you, you realize that it's like what you just said earlier, that we are very similar. We're different, definitely, because we have a different upbringing, different mm -hmm. culture, you know, different skin color. But at the end of the day, we're like these people that just want connection. And there's so much about us that are so similar. You yeah. know, we're just wanting, wanting that love or that friendship or, you know, whatever it is. We all love food, you know, so <laughs> exactly. Everyone's like, yeah. I'll be like, so what's the perfect, what's the good food around here? And they're like, ah, oh, you know, it's the same reaction that you would get from yeah. anybody in like Los exactly. Angeles. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Why did you start traveling? Was there a major change in your life or mm -hmm. does travel just run in your blood or both? It does not run in my blood. I have to tell you. Really? But, um, I mean, like my family, when I say my blood, it's like my family, they're not like 
you know, pack your bags and leave type right. thing. I, I think for me, so I, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, at age 16, I moved from Grenada to move to the UK. And something really struck me, like, because Grenada is like such a small island of 100,000 people, right? It's a Caribbean island. And so moving from this small, tiny island to like the UK, it's like two different, you know, two different playing fields here. And so when I moved to the UK, the culture shock was just like, so like, I mean, it was it's undeniable that I was like, wow, people are so different here. Everyone wears black. I mean, <laughs> everyone is black it's always raining people are drinking tea every minute of the day like what is this I was just so fascinated and you know I grew up in like a Christian home as well so I was like meeting atheists and people who just believe very different things for me and that just like I was just so curious and I think that's if, if I had to like the travel bug as people like to call it I think that's when it bit me you know, and so for me, when I left, it was like, I need to go back or I need to go someplace. And then college gave me the opportunity to study abroad. And then the rest is history. So <laughs> the rest is history. So it doesn't run in my blood, but it's something that I've nurtured about me. And I, I realize what it does for my heart. You know, I said, like, you know, when I, when I travel, it, I feel like it serves me in, in such a unique way um, that it, I just cultivated that habit over time. So it funny. becomes easier over time. Yeah, it does. It really does. It's funny that culture shock, right? Like that England is like all black, all gray, all neutral colors, like rainy, cold. I have family in England. And every time I go, I, I, I do enjoy it. But it's like, I'm definitely like a sunny, I need color. Like, you know, it's so funny. That and I love, I loved it though. You know, like I love I it. it. I love the British people. Yeah. Yeah. And I love tea. Like I was like, give me all those tea and you got those cool crackers, like all those sweet tasting, like current crackers. Yeah. Give it to me. Like, you know, yeah. all same. same. I'm a tea drinker now, you know, no offense to coffee drinkers, but I'm a tea drinker and it could be because of my UK experience. Yeah. And actually before my UK experience as an adult, I really, you know, I drink tea, but really I love coffee still. Don't get me wrong. I'm a very mm-hmm. much a coffee drinker, but I enjoy tea because of that experience. And I didn't know you could dip some crackers in that. You could dip it you and then totally it all tasty, tasty treats. What the okay. heck? I had no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But yeah, it's a thing. Dip your crackers in your tea. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. When my family comes to visit me mm-hmm. from England, they always bring me like different kinds of tea crackers, like those um, digestives. I know that sounds weird to Americans. No, but digestive they're really biscuits. Good. They're so good. Wow, so I'm so glad you know good. about this. <laughs> so good. So tip, when you go to England, go get some tea crackers, get yourself yes. some digestives. The black currant one is the best. Like, you know exactly and some biscuits not cookies yes there's a difference people oh yes yes biscuits <laughs> That's what oh, it man. the biscuits would you like uh, a cuppa oh yeah. that was bad <laughs> i used to have a british accent but you know i've been living in the u.s for 11 plus years that has gone by the wayside so you used to have a British accent. How long did you stay in, in, in England? So it was in my teenage years. I stayed there for like almost two years, like a year and a half. But I went to school there. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to school there. So like I had to like adopt you the lingo. You have a little bit. You have a little, a little bit. bit. A little tiny bit. 
I can I have to adopt the lingo so people can understand me and not my Grenadian accent. <laughs> That's oh, so funny. Man. I hear it a little bit. Like when you say you're, I don't know, like, li- like I, I hear it. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, there it is. I'll stop you. <laughs> oh, man. Can you tell me about your travel blog, Moments and Squares? Mm-hmm. Talk about that, how you got started, and what information does your blog have that separates you from the rest of those travel blogs? Yeah. So Moments and Squares, actually, <clears throat> the name came about because obviously Instagram, you post squares, and I was posting moments of my life, right? So it used to be my Instagram tagline. And people kept saying to me in what I was sharing on social, you're so inspiring. And I was just like at a point where it's like, maybe I should, you know, start a blog because, you know, people are finding value in what I'm sharing. And so I just I just used the tagline moments and squares and I turned it into a URL and that became my blog. And so I think what separates, you know, my blog from, you know, any other travel blog is that. Because travel for me, and I spoke about earlier, it's more than just going to see places, right? A lot of it is connecting with people. I try not to, you know, if I go to a country for like, let's say 10 days, I'm not getting everything there is to know about a country for me to say, here are 10 facts about a country. Like that's my Mary's facts, you know what I mean? Not 10 facts about the actual authenticity of a place and I am not the expert to tell you what you should or shouldn't do and I feel like that should come from people who actually reside there and live it you know what I mean right um but I can tell you what my experiences were and so that's where my storytelling and my connection and you know all of that jazz come in because I want to tell you about my experience and not necessarily what you should see because you can find that anywhere on the internet a quick yeah. google search you know what i mean you can find 10 top things from whatever platform right to, to help you figure that out um and so for me it's it's more of like well what was your experience like visiting um versus what to see or what to do i love it and also you write a lot about your healing journey right yes i do absolutely absolutely yeah. and I, I really feel like traveling has I guess expedited my 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 healing journey in, in some sense as well because um, I grew up in a you know childhood growing up in the Caribbean was very very hard like I lost my mom when I was three years old right and so <clears throat> my dad lived in the U.S. all of my life and for me it was like living with multiple people everywhere you know <laughs> um, not really having like that steadiness of what a child actually needed. Yes. um to, to nurture to nurture them right and so Girl, I, didn't really I know have... all about that <laughs> <laughs> yes okay, so, I... so that came with a lot of <laughs> yeah you froze for a second yeah so I, yeah, didn't... I didn't really have that okay am I back yes okay So I didn't really have that stability as a child and that caused a lot of childhood trauma. And so for me, um, you know, I share a lot of my, my healing journey on my blog and my faith as well, because that has facilitated, I feel like every time I leave home in the US and I go to another place, I learn something new about myself, right? And it causes me to dig a little bit deeper into who I am and especially when I'm alone I really want to know who I am who am I outside of my job 
Who am I outside of the community that I identify with? Who am I outside of the accolades and everything else? And so traveling solo gives me the time to reflect a lot. Um, give me the time to examine my heart, examine like where I'm at in life, you know? How did I get here? Because travel was so far. It wasn't even on my mind growing up. I thought I was going to be a little poor girl, okay? <laughs> and that's the truth. I didn't, I wasn't dreaming about travel. I was dreaming about surviving, okay? You're right. <laughs> I, I also get survive. that. I also get that. Girl, I think we have yeah. similar. similar- <laughs> I, 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 could, I could feel it. There's a lot of similarities here. So I was just thinking about surviving. And so now I have the ability to travel. I have more time to actually sit with and heal from everything that I've experienced. And this, this is what I joke. And my friends, my family, I traveled with my family recently to Australia. And I was like a walking metaphor, okay? I am finding metaphors in everything I see, every- <laughs> connected in back to my life. <laughs> I get it. Get it. They were sick of me. <laughs> they were like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Enough. Stop trying to inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's so funny. But I think I read something on your website about, you know, like that what you feel when you look up and you see the mountains. I resonated so deeply with that. I can't right? believe it. <laughs> The thing is, like, I used to be a kid and I would look up the mountains and, like, nobody in my family were real travelers. And I just remember being like, I want to go up there. Like, I want to find a way to get up there. And it was just something that was innately, like, I knew that inspired me for some reason, even at a young age. So that's... <laughs> I love that you wrote that. I loved it so much. Yes. Because yes. you speak in my language. Right? Right. Summoning mountains is a <laughs> thing for me. It means so much to me. Any advice for someone who wants to go on a healing journey? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's a big question. It is. (laughs) I got all the questions. (laughs) Yes. Any advice for someone who wants to go on a healing journey? Yeah. Well, first identify like, what is it you're trying to heal from, you know? And you see the healing journey, it's, it's not like there's no destination, you know, there isn't an end. Because I feel like as long as we have the breath of life, we're going to encounter, you know, challenges that will always trigger us. So part of the healing journey, it's like, are you able to, one, know what it is that you're trying to get healing from? Are you able to identify the triggers? Because when you travel, (laughs) your, your, your whole body is going with you and our body holds trauma. You know what I mean? So just because you left home where the, 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 you know, the conflict resolution, the conflict might be in your home, when you go abroad, it's going to follow you. <laughs> it's really going to follow you. And so it, leaving home, leaving your issues at home doesn't mean that. And I, and I think that's a problem. You know, people say like travel is my therapy, right? Travel is not your therapy. <laughs> Stop it right now. If you're someone who loves to say travel is your therapy, travel is not your therapy, but travel is a a way for you to identify areas of your life that might need healing, areas of your life where you lack connection and you're able to connect with people outside, you know, in in new ways. Um, 
And especially if you're traveling solo, you're spending a lot of time with yourself and you could get really lost in your thoughts. And, or you can use that time to actually figure out what's going on on the inside of me that's causing me to show up in, a, in the world this way. What's going on on the inside of me that is preventing me from actually connecting with my tour guide who's human and I should actually get to know him, but I'd rather not, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's like, if you wanna go on a healing journey and you wanna use travel as a tool to get there, figure out or, or, or use it in a way to connect with yourself so well that you, it's so easy for you to connect with others. And as you're able to connect with others, they will show you so many parts of themselves that you identify with. And it'll make travel such a wonderful experience and your healing journey so much more sweeter, I have to say. Yeah. I feel like you should do like a TED Talk. on. <laughs> <laughs> you're so well spoken. Um, on the vision board. <laughs> yes. You're so well vision, spoken. Vision 2021. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes, it's going to happen. It's gonna happen. No, because it's so it's so interesting. My friend actually just my one of my very, very good childhood friends, she just did her first TED talk. So that's pretty exciting. That's amazing. Wow. I love so it's that. possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. But uh, but yeah, hearing you talk and the way you just express your feelings and thoughts, it's just so beautiful and really, really inspiring. And mm. you're just so well spoken. And yes, I completely agree. It travel isn't your therapy. It's the process of the whole experience of traveling, sitting on it. For me, sitting on a plane is one of my favorites because no one can contact me. I'm sitting on a plane and I'm just there with my thoughts. And I have like, however long, seven hours, three hours, 14 hours to go. All right. What, (laughs) like, you know, think about life and have a moment where there's no distraction, you know? Um, so I'll give you an example, speaking of the healing journey, and now that you mentioned on the plane, right? So I'll give you an example. Every time I step on a plane to go somewhere, I get so emotional. Yeah, me too. I am overcome with emotion. It's like, I just want to cry, but I'm I actually know. happy. You know? Yes, yes. I, get, I feel so good. And then I get to like really think, like I get, I get the most profound feelings of healing on a plane that's why I love going on a plane because for some people it's uncomfortable whatever and yes there are moments of that but I actually get to sit there with my thoughts and no one no one can distract me no one can call me from the outside world distract me with this it's like well let's look back on everything and you can really you're just there with yourself you know exactly exactly and then I had to ask myself like why are you so overcome with emotion you know like what is it it's like well I didn't always get to do this but now I have the opportunity to (laughs) I have the opportunity to you know and I'm just like overcome with emotion I'm so grateful (laughs) it's so funny because so again I go back to Nepal because that was such a big bucket list item for me Mm -hmm. I remember going to like flying into Kathmandu and seeing the the Himalayas for the first time and I just started crying. Like I'm sitting there and I'm like, keep it together. You're by yourself. Like, you know, I was just like, oh my God, here it is. Because oh when God. I look back on everything, it's just like, you know, coming from humble beginnings. Yeah. Really look at that and go like, holy crap. Like yeah. I finally did it. And so, yeah, it's because you're holding all of that 
in you, you know, that totally. like just being so grateful and that's in itself very healing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. And then making the connections with people and then, you know, challenging yourself to feel uncomfortable. That's, mm-hmm. you know, one of those things that is also very healing. You know, you kind of put yourself in a situation that, you know, isn't, isn't comfy and that's yeah. okay. Totally. So, so yeah, yeah, I guess the, the, the takeaway is like travel is not your therapy, but travel could lead to true transformation. Exactly. 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 What kind of travel do you like to do? Do you like to travel in fancy hotels, hostels? Do you like backpacking? Like what type of travel does Mary like to do? Yeah, that's such an interesting question because um, my roommate, um, she's very much like a backpacker hiking. You know, she's from Colorado. So she's all about the outdoors. I love it. And I love that. But I remember one time I said to her, I was like, you know, coming from really humble beginnings, I'm at a place in my life where I am never sleeping on a floor again. <laughs> right? So, so you can backpack all you want, but I need to sleep in a bed. Okay? <laughs> I can afford to sleep in a bed now, not on the floor. Those days are over. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I respect you know? it. I love it. <laughs> But it was, it's fun, you know, but I, I, you know, I made this like commitment to myself where it's like, Mary, if you can afford nice things, right, as long as you're not getting in debt, if you can afford nice things, treat yourself, be kind to yourself in that way. But I love people who the backpackers and they can sleep on any floor, they can sleep on the tree, like, I love that stuff. I love it too, you know. Um, But if I can afford nice things, I am going for it. So the kind of traveler that I, I am, it's low maintenance right? But I probably won't do like a hostel. It depends. If it is a hostel, it'll have to be a nice one. You know, I'm comfortable. I have my own space. I'm not sharing a bed with someone like that is like, I love connection, but not at that level. People are like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so, um, so yeah, I'm low maintenance, but if I really do want to treat myself, I'll stay at a fancy hotel, you know, I'll stay, I'll treat myself to a really nice dinner. Um, so I'm not like luxury, luxury. Um, I'm like in the middle. I'm, yeah. I'm in the middle. So I'll give you an example. Like I went to Bali <clears throat> for my 30th birthday and, um, I stayed at a really fancy hotel. Um, yeah. but I also stayed in a tree house for one night. Just me on a cliff oh in Nusa Penida for $30 on Airbnb, people. Come on now. That is, I mean, I paid $30 for the best view on the island. And that was fantastic. And I slept in a treehouse. It's not even fancy. And I was satisfied. <laughs> Listen, I need to stay at that treehouse. You need to tell me where that is. <laughs> Listen, I got you. I got you. It's called Ruma Pohan. Oh my God. That's like a dream. Wow. It was dreamy. It was so dreamy. Wow. Okay. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I respect the fancy hotels because sometimes you need to, you know, Absolutely. You need to, like, treat, treat yourself, treat yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Be kind to yourself. Come yeah. on. Yeah. As someone Although, who's been, su- go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say as someone who's been surviving, you know, trying to survive my whole life. I'm just, sometimes I just want to not think about that. I just want to splurge a little and that's okay. 
Yeah, that's totally okay. But if I ever meet you, I'm taking you on a bed. <laughs> I'm taking you on a camping trip. Oh, that would be, I'm, I'm down for that. You know, I, I'm, I'm taking you on a camping trip. But listen, I'll take you on a car camping trip. I'll give you a bed. Like, like you know, like a, it's like, it's a nice camping bed. It's comfier than most, uh, most beds, actually. I have a- You mean glamping? That's the thing. You know, it doesn't look like it's glamping because from the outside, you're like, you're sleeping in that tent. And I'm like, listen, we got a kitchen. Got wow. Cool thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. awesome. That's how mm-hmm. I introduce people who think that they're not campers and then I convert them and then forever they are campers. I'm going to convert yeah. you. We're not going to go backpacking like your friend. We're going to go like, we're going to ease you in. You know, we're going to ease you in. I'm down for that. <laughs> there you go. Hit me up. <laughs> I will. I will. So you travel solo as a female. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Why do you do it? And, uh, and, talk about that experience what's that like yeah so you see the thing is right I would rather I love my independence autonomy like I love it and the truth is I would rather go with my friends but my friends are too indecisive (laughs) and so because I know it's something that I want for me I would make the move and I'd share it with my friends if they're open to coming they're welcome to but either way I am going and so most of the time I end up going by myself but I don't really set out to go by myself but if it comes to that I'm absolutely going because again travel is very personal for me um I I, you know I'm not opposed to people coming but I, I also have like my not restrictions but I have like the ideal travel partner you have to, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, you can't be too fussy. Um, you just kind of, just just go with the flow sometimes. And, and so, yeah, I do have, you know, the ideal travel partner, traveling solo as a female person. Sometimes it is scary, right? Um, because you're in a foreign country where you actually don't know people. And usually when I go to a, a new country where I, I don't know anyone, I check my network to see they actually do know someone. And if right. they do, at least I have that person's contact. Maybe I can meet them on the first day. They can show me around. Um, and But that's not always the case. Um, <clears throat> there are some, you know, there's probably some information out there where it's like some countries that are safe to travel solo. I went to Morocco solo as a woman, oh, you I know, and a lot of people would say to you, hey, don't do that. And I, now that I've done it, I would agree because there are just some sketchy things there that you just want to be really cautious, right? Um, You don't want to be scammed. You don't want to be, you know, like you just want to be careful. Um, So so yeah, it's traveling as a solo woman. It's so liberating as a, you know, female solo, you know, and black. It's really, really liberating, but, um, and it's really empowering, um, but there are some places where I would just rather go with with friends. But again, if it comes down to friends not available or they're thinking too hard, I am out. See ya. <laughs> See you on Instagram. <laughs> Follow yeah. along for the updates. It's very important to have the ideal travel partner because you'll know whether or not you can you really get to know people. You'll if you have a friend that you go to lunch with, that is not you don't know anything about that person until you travel with them. And then you're like, Oh, this person is fussy. This person doesn't like to do this. They're not flexible. They are flexible. You know, they are easygoing. They're, 
you know, wanting to do adventurous stuff or they just kind of want to hang out at the hotel, you really find out. And so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one way, the, the quick totally. way to find out totally. if, you, you're, if this person is part of your tribe, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, the cool thing about, you know, my friends who travel with me, they kind of just let me do the, the itinerary because I'm the one who's always going, right? And so I kind of just have a little bit of leverage in, you know, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. And to the extent where it's like someone want to sleep in, you are welcome to sleep in. But I have 24 hours in this country. I'm about to <laughs> see everything. But you can sleep in. It's all good. <laughs> That's me too. Where And then usually my schedules are like really jam-packed where it's like, we're getting up at five. We're doing all this stuff. We're not coming back till 11. And then we're doing it again. Like Get your walking shoes on, tie your laces. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're doing this and then we're going to go snow sledding. I'm like, you know <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. What is the most challenging thing or situation that you faced as a traveler? Wow, the most challenging thing. Um, oh, challenging situation. <laughs> you know what it is? I think for me, like I'm very friendly and I tend to give people the benefit of doubt. Ooh, you know, you talk about connection. Sometimes I go a little too far, you know, know your lane, Mary. So I think, I think, I mean, it, I could say something as easy as language barrier, but there's so much technology now that can, you yeah. know, help bridge that gap. So for me, I'd say my friendly personality could probably get me in trouble a lot of times. And so for me, it's like using discernment and my discretion, which is like, should I like be hanging out with this? Like, do I feel safe? You know, like all of that stuff. And I take a lot of risk. <laughs> Me too. That I would not like the average solo woman, I would not encourage them to do, you know? <laughs> so, um, but I tend to think not that I'm invincible, but like God is my protector. And so that's my confidence and all of everything, just the way I show up in the world come from that place. Doesn't mean that, you know, I can't get harmed because I absolutely can, right? And, but my over-friendly personality could probably give people the wrong impression um, and I can probably get in trouble, but gotta be vigilant. (laughs) It's like finding the balance is probably the challenge. Finding the balance with like being vigilant, but also like, not being too closed off that I don't get to actually know people. Yeah. Have you had any interesting situations because of that? I had a very interesting situation in Morocco where I got scammed. Um, (laughs) Listen, listen. So, so yeah, so I really wanted to change, um, you know, where, where I stayed and, you know, I met, this like I met this guy on the train this is like literally rookie stuff like please you know women if you are listening to this bye let my story be an example of what not to do um (laughs) let me be the guinea pig (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah so I was literally thinking about changing my Riyadh right which is what they call the homes in in, you know in the Medina in Morocco and so I kept reading reviews that the place was cold and so I met this guy it was like a four-hour train ride I was so tired at the time probably my brain wasn't even functioning well um and this man came on he's like salam alaikum I'm like alaikum salam but that's all I know and (laughs) and so we were talking for like well over an hour and um 
he told me this like story that I completely bought again because it's like the over friendliness you know trying to strike in that balance um and so I ended up like going to see a new place with him it was wasn't far from like the Riyadh and so I went there and I was like oh it's with a family you know like this is this is good check it out really quickly on the internet the moment I got there I was like let me get wi-fi I need to make sure this place is legit um it was legit it was with a family it was it seemed really awesome it was on you know booking.com one of those other like you know chain um um hotel booking websites and I was like okay this place is legit and it it showed that it's available so I'll just like make the switch because I feel a little bit safer though I didn't go to the other place I was just reading the reviews and that like tripped me up and so I was like oh that was really kind of this man to do that not knowing that he really wanted my money so (laughs) yeah you know and you know it's they don't do it where it's like they're like it's like really friendly they do this kind thing for you and then one day I decided okay like he's also he worked for like this is his story he worked for the ministry of tourism and so he had an off day and would take me like around the Medina, but like I would go to these stores and it's almost like I lost power to make decisions for myself because everyone was moving quickly. People were pulling this, doing that. And then I'm like, what the hell is going on? I just felt like I had no power to make decisions on my own. And I didn't have like Wi-Fi or anything like that. So I was like, hey, like, can I get like Wi-Fi? I just need to like check, you know? But it just felt like people were like forcing me to like pay for things and buy things. And I'm like, what the hell? So I went to the police station and reported them, but I didn't have like photos or anything like that. Um, And then I switched, I switched the place that I was staying at to like a new place. So, but that was like scary. It was scary. My cousin's, um, she's Pakistani, right? So she's like, she's she's half Pakistani, half Filipino. And she's like, Drea, we need to like wear a bunch of things. We're in like Fez and we have like our covers on. And then all of a sudden the sun's going down. She's just like, this is dangerous. We're going out. And, and I was like, we got to see the the pots. You know what I mean? In Fez. Mm-hmm. And it was in Fez, by the way. Oh, where was it? No, my, my incident was in Fez. See? <laughs> so funny. Yes, it was insane. <gasps> that place is so confusing. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. I literally, when we got there, I was like, this is like a maze. This it's is a maze. exactly what it is. It's a maze. It's a maze. So I was already like, we had been traveling through through Morocco. It, everything was great, actually, up until that point. Mm-hmm. But then when we get to Fez, we don't have our tour guide anymore. It's off on our own now. And we had to leave the next day from Fez to go back to England. And it was, it was this, you know, like three in the morning flight. So we only had a few hours in Fez. So I was like, we have to see these pots, you know, what are they mm-hmm. called? I forgot the, you know what I'm it, talking is, about. Is it the tannery? Yes. The tannery. Where, yes. where they tend the leather. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Okay. Okay. Tanneries. I forgot. They were like the things, like, I don't know why. Yeah, little little potholes of little like. Little pots of, paint, yeah. like, you know, dye. Yeah, the dye. Yeah. They yes. dye the leather. Yes, exactly. So I was, I was trying to get to the tanneries and it had been on my bucket list. Like we got to go see it. I know it's nighttime, but we got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy at the, uh, Riyadh was like, well, we're having a tour that's going to go. Do you want to go with them? And I was like, no, we could figure it out. It's totally fine. Like, it's not that mm-hmm. hard. 
I don't know. And I made a mistake because he was like, well, it's Ramadan. We're going to leave. You're going to be the only ones here. The rest of the people are leaving. And we're like, no, it's fine. And so my cousin and I walk out and then we start trying to find, we have a map and the map is not right. It's not on the map. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. The map doesn't work. Okay. The map started, doesn't work. Yeah. So then we started making like left and rights. And then now the sun is going down and people are now like, because it was Ramadan, people aren't like yeah. saying stuff to us at all. Like right, it hasn't right. been a thing really, mm-hmm. but now the sun's going down and now these men are like starting to say stuff to us. They're like, Hey, 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 where are you from saying stuff? And we're, we're both like these two women and we're just like, Oh my God. And then I was like, we need to put on more clothes. Cause I feel like, I don't want to get stared at cause they clearly mm-hmm. know that we're foreigners. And if we just put mm-hmm. on more layers, I need more layers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we turn back around and we get more layers and um, we try, I try to get into the Riyadh, but it's not opening. And this random man comes up to us and he's like, hey, I can help you with that. And I was like, stay away. And I, was like, <laughs> I literally yelled at him. I was just like, You're tra-. I was like, what are you doing? And he's just like, no, no, I know how to open. I was like, do you? Or are you just trying to scam us? <laughs> it's like, really? Like, I had my, my spidey senses that were just like. That's the attitude. Oh. That's the attitude you need to have in fairs. And unfortunately, I did not do enough research. And so I did not have that attitude. My guard was down. Coming from Casablanca, where everyone right. is just super friendly and super nice, going into Fez, complete like night and day, night and day. Well, and there are a lot of fake tour guides. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing when I can't, well, I didn't do any research at all because that was such a sporadic trick. I was like, let's go to Morocco. And my cousin was like, yeah. okay, let's hop on a flight in two days. Like, that's how yeah. crazy that was. But. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he came up to us and then he like, he was like, no, no, I'll help you. And then he actually helped us. And then and then I went in and changed and I came out and he was like, where are you? And then we're like, where are we going to go? And we're trying to figure it out. And then he's like, where are you going? And I said, we're trying, we're trying to get to the tanneries, but are you going to try to scam us? Because if you're trying to scam us, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You threatened him. I, and he was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, no, because if you're trying to get money from us, it's not going to happen. Okay. Like we just need to get to this place. We don't care if we get lost. Like, and he was like, no, no it's fine. I'll take you. And I was like, all right. Cause I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta come in. <laughs> yeah. And then he took us to the tanneries. And then I said to him, I wanted to buy, cause then I was like, okay, maybe he's for real. And I was like, oh, I want to buy those golden teapots, like teapots. Mm-hmm. That they have. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was like, yeah, yeah, I know of a place, but things are, and he could barely speak any English. So we're like trying to fight through the translations. Mm-hmm. And at the time there was no like Google translate. So I was like, where? And he's like, I'll show you. I know of a place. And he starts taking us into these dark alleys. I was like, we're going to get killed in Fez. Like, we're going to get killed. In- <laughs> and then he takes us into this pitch black, dark alley, takes us to the second floor. And I was like, where are we going right now? And he's like, no, 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 don't, don't worry. Brings us to a tiny room with a man making pots. And I was like, I don't want to watch a man. And then he leaves us. I was like, I don't want to watch a man making pots. And so like, he comes back and I was like, I know I want to buy the pots. And so then he takes me to another alley and I was like, we are going to die in Fez. Like, this is some shady <laughs> stuff right here. Like, it's definitely. Like, yeah. yeah. And my cousin's you just like, plan. yeah. So my cousin looks at me and she's like, we're going to die. And I was like, we are going to die. And we keep following him because we don't know where the heck everything is because Fez is so yeah. confusing. But long, long story he ends up being awesome. Like he ends up actually bringing us to like 
having a guy open up his store, we buy yeah. the pots. And then because he was so nice, we were like, let's take you out to dinner. Because he literally That's spent so all sweet. Wow. But Spidey senses, though, that place is shady. 100%. And you find a lot of places like that in Fizz, right? Especially because it's like a lot of walking. And crazy thing is, like, I've had people there take me in the wrong direction just to make it longer so that I can pay them more. And it's like, but it's all illegal. You know, it's illegal, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's like a specific police station for tourists. So if you're listening to this and you plan to visit Morocco in Fez, or I'm not sure for the other cities, but in Fez in particular, because of the scale scammers um i mean babies are trained in this right from very very young age and so they're very like very smart very well versed in scamming and but you should know that there is a tourist police station um should you run into any trouble um in fez so yeah that's that's good to know i luckily i i didn't i didn't get scanned but but i also like threatened the man so (laughs) that you did good that's the vigilance you know that's that's exactly what you need I was just like (laughs) what are you doing and I was like stay away from me I was like if you're only not going to ask me for money because they're not going to get any money we're leaving tomorrow it's not going to happen he Mm -hmm. was just like so so it was just (laughs) he turned out to be a really kind man and again it goes back to like where do I strike the balance because this man was just like but it could be because you threatened him I know know? because I threatened him but then he tried to ask me for my hand in marriage like (laughs) There you go. You know, there there had to be something. There had to be a catch. Come on now. There's the catch. There's the catch. Not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I know. At the end, he's like, oh, you can come back to Morocco. Stay with my family. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that is so funny. I love it. Wow. Of course. Yeah. So talking about all this, <laughs> tell me your most meaningful person that you've met on your travels. Oh, wow. I love that question. Thank you for that. Um, most meaningful person, most meaningful, I guess, connection. <clears throat> yeah, it, it really brings my memory back to a trip that I took to India this year. And so my tour guide, um, you know, he was wearing like a necklace. So I'm, you know, I'm a woman of faith. And um, my tour guide was wearing a necklace in that resembled the cross but it's in a very like predominant you know hindu you know hindu society um uh where you know majority of the population that's the faith they identify with and so for me like seeing that on his neck raised my eyebrow so i was a little curious and so that took me to have like a, a really wonderful conversation with him and i remember saying to him hey, like, if we don't do anything all day, like, I'm happy to stay in this cafe and just hear your story, you know? And so by the end of it, you know, he started telling me this story about not wanting to live past 35 anymore because he was basically living to make sure that his parents are well. You know, he's working to care for his parents. But it was a moment for me to just, like, say to him, hey, you have so much life ahead of you. Like, there's so much to live for. and you know, like, I'm, I'm just, like, encouraging him in that because it was such a sad thing to hear. Um, you know, this is this is how long he would like to live. Like, he's, like, 25, so he's giving himself, like, 10 more years to live because he's assuming by then my parents are going to die. And that was so, like, 
devastating and depressing to hear. Um, and he has such a like a crazy miraculous story where he got into a car accident and was unconscious for months, lost his girlfriend, and then regained consciousness. And that's how he came to faith. He's you know the Christian faith, and it was such an incredible story. Um, and it was such it was amazing to connect with him. And we actually I stay in touch with him to this day. You know, just so super cool. Um, but he's such a young, you know, young, ambitious man. And to hear him say that I only want to live to 35 really broke my heart. But it also gave me a moment to really encourage him. Like, you have so much life to live. Um, don't, don't like sell yourself short because you feel like you're only living for this, you know? So that was a really cool connection. Wow. And I feel like you probably made such a big impact on that man's life. Yeah, I hope I did. I mean, he's still, we, we're still in touch. We're still in touch. So I'm sure yeah. like something I said inspired him. I hope, you know. I love that. Uh, and it's those kinds of moments that really make traveling really special. You know, you make an impact yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, it makes it worth it. Totally. Do you have a specific moment that you find the most fulfilling when you've traveled? What is your most fulfilling moment? Most fulfilling. Yeah, one, when I'm able to just like inspire people. And then the second is seeing the sunrise and the sunset in a new country. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> There's, you know, the sunrise and the sunset in a new country, like finding the time to see to the, just to like, get that into my schedule is so important for me. Because it's for me, it's like a moment of like being grounded and finding my gratitude to say, wow, the sun rises and set in the same way in any other country, you know, but also to just see it in a new way. It inspires me. It refuels me. It really, really does, you know, and it's so crazy because also my trip in India, um, I, I saw a beautiful sunset in this place called Lake Picola. Stunning, beautiful. It's like royalty, right? Talk about, you know, being kind to yourself and splurging on fancy stuff. I did that. <laughs> and beautiful hotel on a lake. And it's, it's a Taj, one of the Taj brand hotels. And the sunset was stunning. And I remember like seeing that and just like sitting there and saying like, God, thank you that I have the opportunity to do this for myself. Thank you that I have the opportunity to actually have a job that I'm able to fund my travel. I am just so grateful. And then I was like, you know what would be cool? To do this with a partner next time. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm tired with this solo travel thing. <laughs> like, where's my adventure partner? You know, this is great. I am grounded. I'm full of gratitude. You know what I mean? How about the next time we visit Lake Piccola? <laughs> The sunrise and the sunset really, really, really does it for me. It's very grounding and you, it's very, it forces you to be present. 100%. Absolutely. Right? You're not thinking about the next thing. You're just like there and you're like, I'm here because my purpose is to watch the sunrise right now and it's going to come up and I have to be, and I'm enjoying this moment and there's nothing like, you know, you're not like thinking about like, oh, no, you're like, oh, wow, the freaking sunset, <laughs> you know, or wow, the sunrise. You know? Exactly. It draws my attention. It makes me take a deep breath. I sigh out loud. Usually when I see it, I'm just like, 
you know, um, so awesome. <laughs> Usually I'm taking photos like a crazy person, like, oh my God, I need to set this up. It's happening. Like I'm crazy at sunrise. Like, <laughs> oh no, I get that too. I get that. The, this is golden hour. Come on now. This prime time photo shoot. I know exactly. It's photo shoot time, people. We have to expose your bracket, get three exactly. different exposures of the sunrise and me. Like, that is hilarious. It's hidden. The light is hidden. Right. I'm That's like, here it is. It's orange and red. You know, here we go. <laughs> oh, so funny. So, what is your most favorite location that you've ever been to? Most favorite location. Yeah, I'd have to say Nusa Penida in, in Bali. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an, an island off of Bali, like 30 minute bo- a speed boat ride. And that was my favorite because one, I did it solo. Um, and I just had the freedom to just go wherever, like go to like parts of the island that like I couldn't go with like a tour bus or like a group. So I had to rent a scooter. Um <sighs> and go to those like the end of the earth basically so I love that you know the the only like caveat is that almost every beach that you visit is like a hike to get there (laughs) but it's so worth it it's like a hike down the edge of a cliff but it's so worth it so I remember going to this waterfall called Pegoyagon I hope I'm saying it right um but it's stunning because like the ocean meets like the waterfall and I was there for my, by myself. I went during a low, low, I guess, tourist season. Wow. Um, low tourism season. And I was there by myself, just like hearing the waves crash along the Ugh. walls, you know, but also hearing the waterfall. And it was beautiful. It was just me and my tour guide, no one else. That's and then cool. on the same island, I actually did, you know, I woke up in this tree house overlooking Diamond Beach in the Sapanita. Yeah, stunning, beautiful. And I did all of that by myself. So it was like one of the most and I also turned 30. So it was kind of like a, a moment of like, I don't know, like transformation for me. Because, yeah, hello, I'm 30, you know, <laughs> and it gave me the opportunity to reflect and think about, you know, life, life, you know, what's crazy, because while I was there, um, on one of the like, there's like a little like bungalow, like, you know, shed area. And someone, not me, but someone carved into the wood from from village to voyage. And oh. I was like, wow, that it. message is for me. That is you know? for you. And so <laughs> literally from village to voyage. I was, there you are I looking for those signs like, again, by the way. Mm, exactly. Looking for the signs. If you're open to it, you will find it. And that's truth. So from village to voyage, that spoke so much to me. And that was beautiful. So yeah, Nusa Penida, my favorite spot. I'd love to do it again. Tips and tricks for traveling to your favorite destination. Tips and tricks traveling to Nusa Penida. Nusa Penida. Um, Definitely spend a few days on the island. Um, You know, people would say, because there's like north, south, east, west, and there's a lot to see. It's a small island, but the views are stunning. It's beautiful. And you also just want to give yourself time to rest. Also, see the island by bike, the scooter, not by a bus, not by, if you can do it by yourself on a scooter. Well, obviously, well, for me, I couldn't like rent a scooter by myself. So I had like the guide and I'm just like in the back. Right. You know, like just chugging along, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you can see the island, 
buy a scooter, it's the best way, absolutely. Because um, you get to go through the remote parts where people don't usually get the opportunity to. Um, definitely stay at Ruma Pohan Treehouse. You will not regret it. You will pay under $50 for the best view on the island. Okay? <laughs> you cannot beat that. Um, there is an outside toilet, though, so and bathroom. So I don't know how you feel about that. But I think Drea would be fine. <laughs> I, I usually dig a hole six feet and then I cover it. So it's like I, I, I dig cat it. holes. <laughs> I love it. I'm used to camping. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, the other thing is buy your boat ticket in advance because you need a boat to get to the island from Bali. From Yeah, from Bali. You need a boat from Ubud. So uh Buy, buy your boat ticket in advance because the lines get really long and it's a really popular, now it's becoming more popular um, destination. But yeah, those are some things that I would suggest. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is the one interesting item that you take with you when you travel? Not the obvious, like a passport or cell phone. I must have flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I can't live without it. I need it. I need it. Okay. I don't know what shower I'm getting into. I don't know what the ground would look like. I, I just don't know. And you know what's crazy, Drea? I grew up walking the ground, walking the road, the main road, barefooted. Okay. And now I'm in the U.S. and I do not want my feet to touch the ground. Who am I? <laughs> like, listen, I did that already. It's over. Those days are behind me. <laughs> We're moving forward now, onwards and upwards. So I need I'll my sleep flip-flop. on the floor. Will not touch nope. the floor with my feet. Absolutely, that's right. <laughs> what is the most valuable lesson that you've learned traveling? Wow, the most valuable lesson. Yes. Lesson. Wow. Um. Leave your stereotypes at home. All the assumptions and everything that you have about a pe- like people or a place or what you've read, leave that at home and just go open-minded, free-spirited, you know? Um, that's it. That's it. Leave the stereotypes at home because we all hold them, you know? Mm-hmm. The same way people hold stereotypes about me being a Black woman, the same way I hold stereotypes about different groups of people. But what would my experience look like if I didn't bring my assumptions with me, you know, on my trip? So, yeah. I love that piece of advice. (laughs) All right. So we talked a little bit about advice from there, actually. But Mm -hmm. is there a piece of life advice that you can give to a younger you? Wow. To a younger me. You know what I would tell myself in college? I wish I took advantage of study abroad every, every year. I wish I did that. I wish I started traveling every year in my college years. Um, because the thing is about study abroad, it gives you the opportunity to learn from a different perspective. So it's not just like going to see sites but you actually learning about the history of a country. So for instance, in Greece, I learned about immigration and migration and what that looks like wow. for the country, you know? 
And that was, it was an integration of like me coming from the US, but it was like in a university with Greek students, you know, and Albanian students. And just learning what immigration looked like from that perspective was very, very interesting. And so learning about a country from that lens is very different to me hopping from spending two days in one country versus, and it's the only time, you know, once that you enter the working world, unless you decide to go freelance and, you know, make your money, if you're not like a nine to five type person, um, if you are a nine to five type person, it's really the only time where you'll get to spend an extended amount of time, like three weeks or more in another country. And so I wish I took that advantage of that during my college years and not until the last year. So if you're in college and you're listening to this, you're super passionate about travel and hope to someday, because sometimes college students are broke, take advantage of the scholarships. Um, they take advantage of the opportunities that present itself um, and, and start there. Yeah, I would tell my younger self that. I actually was regretting that about my college years is I really wish I had done a study abroad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right, last question. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you? Yes, I can be found on Instagram at underscore count it all joy. Um, and also my website is momentsinsquares.com. And, and yeah, those are the two places that I most frequent, yeah, frequently visit. Can you say the Instagram again? Because it kind of cut off a little bit. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. So I can be found on Instagram at underscore counted all joy. And I can be found on momentsinsquares.com. I love it. Mary, thank you for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends, and follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.